I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome back, everybody, to By the Hook. We've been off for a little while because, as you know, there hasn't been anything to talk about. There's been no sports. There's been nothing to gamble on, but that all changed as the NFL schedule has been released. We now have concrete lines for week one games. We've got win totals, uh, and we've got some fun golf tournaments coming up the next couple weeks. I'm Colby Powell. Andrew Gilman joining me as always. Andrew, what's going on? Uh, it's getting a little boring. I saw yesterday was 60 days without sports. Well, I mean, it's 60 days without sports if you didn't count UFC, and if you don't count Korean baseball, uh, yeah, so 60 days without sports. Um, yes, about 60 <laughs> days without sports. However, there are 10 teams in the Korean Baseball League. They play basically every day, and you can treat it you know, just like your regular Major League Baseball betting if you like. They have all that stuff available pretty much everywhere. And a lot of people are into that uh, UFC, uh, which I'm not. I, don't, I didn't watch a second of it. But I know there's a lot of heavy action on that uh, Saturday night. But the traditional stuff that we'd be into right about now, what is it? Uh, first week of May, we'd be looking at a lot of golf, and we'd be looking at baseball and NBA playoffs. I would be look, we'd be looking at the NBA, the middle of the NBA playoffs. So yeah, we'd be in the second, third round by now, right? Uh, yeah, probably the second, s- round. second round. Yeah, I think we'd be in the second round right now. So uh, instead, yep. we're looking ahead to the NFL. Obviously, we had the NFL draft, and now we've got some numbers out for the season as we look ahead. Before we actually get to the week one lines, some interesting over-unders, and we'll start uh, with the team that most people in this state, certainly maybe the southern part of the state, have an affiliation with, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And Vegas sets the line at Dallas at 9.5. You like 9.5? Yeah. Boy, I think that's I think that's a good one uh, right there. I think you're going to get a lot of run over on that because no Jason Garrett. You're going to get a lot of run, like you mentioned, because there's a bunch of OU guys there. Um, but I, I think that's a stay away number for me, mostly for Dallas, mainly because I don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, I think people are assuming they're just going to be a whole lot better. But unless Dak Prescott uh, makes some sort of jump. I don't see them necessarily getting to 10 wins. I mean, playoffs is another question entirely, but I don't love Dallas over the nine and a half. See, I, I kind of feel the other way. It's not a no play for me. I, I do like Dallas over the nine and a half. Uh, my logic. So I looked at their schedule. I'm kind of figuring on four free wins in division. I, I don't think they're going to lose a game to the giants or to Washington. So if you split with Philly, that's five wins in division. So to get to your yep. total now, you've only got to go five and five in your other 10 games to get over. Now they've got yeah. to play. They've got to play the South, which is going to be tough. But I think uh, I think Dallas gets over. I, I think depending on a, a game here or there, they could even be eleven and five. But I think ten and six is is really likely. I think they'd have to lose one that they shouldn't to maybe New York or Washington to end up going under nine and a half. I mean, most of these models that you're looking at, you know, you might get a discrepancy here and there. Dallas's total, the one I'm looking at, the Vegas total is nine and a half. And their model is 9.54. So, I mean, that is as close as it gets. I just think there's too many unknowns with those guys. You make a good point for the division. But I'm not convinced that necessarily that they get those four free wins. I think they're good for a couple stinkers in there, too. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Uh, The two highest win totals in the NFL are Baltimore and Kansas City. Baltimore and Kansas City both have numbers at 11.5. 
which is a big number in the NFL if you're picking somebody to go 12-4. and four. Uh, I like one of those, and I don't like one of those, but I want to get your thoughts first on Kansas City and Baltimore being at 11.5. I can see um, Baltimore uh, probably taking a little bit of a step back. I like Kansas City to do everything that they've done last season plus some. I think they're more repeatable than uh, – I know Lamar Jackson was great, and, and, and everything he got, he certainly earned. I think having him do that again uh, repeatably is a lot bigger ask because you're looking at a quarterback that runs, and I think you're just introducing a lot more variables to that situation. If I had to right now, I, I would take the under on Baltimore, and I would take the over on the Chiefs. That is highly, highly boring because that is exactly what I would do in both scenarios. Uh, I think the Chiefs – go ahead. What's your reasoning for Baltimore on the under? Baltimore on the under, I, I think teams that have just an all-world year in the NFL, I, I just think that there's always regression next year. I mean, you'll see whenever yeah. we talk about the 49ers, the 49ers are going to take a step back. I mean, everything went right last year. They, they went on an absolute tear. It, that's just not really always repeatable in the NFL. I think it's only repeatable. Mm-hmm. You, you saw New England do it for a long time. Well, New England's got one of the two or three best quarterbacks, in my opinion, the best quarterback to ever play the game. I think when Patrick Mahomes is done, Patrick Mahomes will be one of the best two or three quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I think if you don't have that guy, it's hard to do year after year in the NFL. I would go as far as to say today, if you offered me as a Super Bowl champion, the Chiefs or the field, I, I would be really hard-pressed not to take the Chiefs because I don't know... I don't know what their weakness is, and, and I don't really see myself picking anybody to beat them. However, here's my case for Baltimore going over. Look at their schedule in December. At Cleveland, Jacksonville, New York Giants at home, at Bengals. Those teams are all going to be – well, Cleveland I think is a hit or miss, but Jacksonville, New York Giants, and Cincinnati, they might be able to win those games or certainly go 3-1 and one in those games which is at a very bare minimum, without Lamar Jackson. They get Dallas before that, and they're at Pittsburgh before that, but they don't finish with a particularly tough schedule, not certainly on paper when you look at it here. And they open uh, they open a lot tougher. They're at Redskins, then they get Cleveland, at Houston, Kansas City. So that's a much tougher opening. But that, that schedule towards the end there, pretty doable. Yeah, that's a, uh, a good point. I, I hadn't looked at the game-by-game game on Baltimore. Let's talk about Cleveland. You brought them up. That's kind of Norman North, uh, as all the OU fans have gravitated toward Baker and the Cleveland Browns, and it was kind of a disaster last year. It, it wasn't kind of a disaster. It was a complete disaster. with Fred, Freddie Kitchens getting fired, OBJ, and Baker never got on the same page. Baker ends up you know, getting in fits with the media throughout the season. Is, is it a bounce-back year, or are they what we saw a year ago? I don't know. I think I think that there's some real winnable games on their schedule. I'm just looking at their road games right now. Check, take a look at these road games. What number do you have for them for their total, by the way? Eight and a half. Yeah, that's a lot more doable than last year's ten. Wasn't it ten? Uh, I think nine it, and a half or ten last year? I think it was in like the nine, nine and a half range, and I think it went up because they were the hot team. Yeah. They were the trendy team. Well, they go uh, certainly division games. They'll play at Baltimore and at uh, Pittsburgh, so those are tough ones. Of course, at Cincinnati, too. Then they go at Dallas. They've got the Colts at home. That's back-to-back there to start October. That isn't easy. They'd go, uh, they got Houston at home. That's not easy. they got the Eagles at home. They get a road game at Tennessee. That's mo- most likely a playoff team. And then they, have, they finish with road games at the Giants and the Jets. 
and Jacksonville in there too. So they have three road games in the back half of their schedule that are pretty pretty easy. But man, they're front loaded there. Uh, I, I think eight wins. If they get to eight wins. Uh, I think that'd be a successful season for him. I'd go with the under. Yeah, I like the under on Cleveland, but partially too because I think the number's a little bit inflated because there is still this this whole Baker. It's not Baker mania anymore. It's died down a little bit, but there is this idea that maybe Baker just gets them to nine or ten wins, and and I don't know right. that the pieces totally fit in Cleveland. So I'm probably in on the under there as well. Uh, let's talk about the other Oklahoma quarterback that'll be a starter. Uh, that's not Jalen Hurts. That's Kyler Murray, who I love and I think is a a budding superstar in the NFL. I've got the number at seven for the Arizona Cardinals in what is probably one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. Well, it ain't going to be easy right out of the gate. They start at San Francisco, so that's probably a loss. They'll be at, what, seven to ten? Whatever. I didn't look at the week one line on them. I can't remember what it's got to be somewhere between six and ten points. Yeah, I can find it here. Uh, where are we at? Cardinals at Niners. The Niners are an eight-point favorite in that week one game. Yeah, there you go. They're not winning that game. We know that. Uh, just a quick glance at their schedule, Colby. It, it doesn't look good. You got at Dallas in there. You got at Seattle. You got at New England in there. And then you get the Giants, and then they finish up with the Rams. And I think the Rams are sort of a, a, a test case for who knows what happens there too, because they have so many moving pieces uh, from last year as well. Seven. I'm going to take a flyer on the over, but that's just a gut feeling that Kyler Murray gets better because I think he showed a lot, and I think his sort of action is more repeatable than Baker Mayfield's action. So I'd be betting on the come-up with Kyler Murray and the new pieces that they have there, including, what, Hopkins at receiver? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins at receiver. They got Isaiah Simmons at eight in the draft, who I, I love, and I think uh, will be a star on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think with Arizona, I'm a huge Kyler believer. I really think he's a, a superstar in a couple of years in the NFL. He needs some primetime games. Last year, Arizona, nobody saw Arizona. There were no eyes on the Cardinals yeah. last year. I yeah. think the, the, the Monday night game against Dallas, that's a big game for Kyler and Cliff because the entire mm-hmm. country is going to be watching. And, I mean, they could win that game, but like you said, the schedule's tough. If you put them in the NFC East uh, or even – I don't know, the AFC South, then that's a team that you could see yeah. maybe even having a chance to win a division. But in the NFC West, that, that division's loaded. The other way to look at it is Arizona gets a little bit of a break, which makes me lean over because they match up with the AFC East this year. Patriots are certainly going to be down. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And then the Bills uh, are the team to beat in that division, uh, certainly preseason team to beat. Uh, I think the Dolphins probably get a little bit better, and but they're not great, and certainly the Jets are beatable. They get the Bills and the Dolphins at home, and, you know, anytime – they travel uh, east as well, but anytime those teams come out west, they do play differently. So I think getting the Bills and the Dolphins at home are the two teams that you want in that division at home. So yeah, that's a pretty decent draw. Yeah, traveling west uh, is always tough. Leslie, where else do we want to go here? I'm seeing – Man, I'm seeing way too big of a line for the New England Patriots. The line I'm showing right now for New England is nine. Nine wins for the Patriots is what you're saying? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I, I think in no other league does a quarterback play. You can make up for it in a lot of other ways, in a lot of other sports. But if you don't have a quarterback, it's just hard to have anything going. I'm looking at, at, at New England's schedule to start with. They open with the Dolphins. I think that's that's going to be a toss-up. I know they're a six-point favorite in that game. I'd probably lean Dolphins just to start with because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. 
But then they go at Seattle, Vegas, at Kansas City, and I think Denver will be a little bit better this year too. So yeah, that's they a should be. Start one, two, three, four, five games in there. Yeah, I uh, I didn't think that the the number for New England was that high. I'm almost even wanting to double check it. I'm going to another side. I want to double check that number because eight boy nine just seems high for a team that just lost Tom Brady. I'm seeing I'm seeing nine. And after their bye week, Colby. Yeah, I'm seeing nine. It's nine. San Francisco at Buffalo. Then they get the Jets. Then they go Ravens at Texans, Carroll Cardinals, and then Chargers and Rams. That's not the easiest schedule. They do finish with Bills and and Jets. Uh, both at home, but I think that they're going to have to really struggle to get to that nine. If they have seven wins going into the last two weeks of the season, uh, I think that they'll be doing pretty good. I, I'd probably no play that one right now because uh, you are basically weighing, is Bill Belichick good enough to get this team to the playoffs? Yeah, I would, uh, man, I just don't think they can. Maybe they can get to nine. Getting to 10 seems right. like it's nearly impossible. I, I think that would be a play for me on the under. Uh, a couple of other high totals. San Francisco and New Orleans are both at 10.5. I probably like the under. I might even like the under on both of those. Where do you stand on those? 10.5 for New Orleans and Bucks, San Francisco. The the Bucks at 10 also. I believe the I, – I like the Giants. Excuse me, the 49ers. If I had to take one of those overs. I'd go the 10.5 with the 49ers a lot quicker than I'd go over the 10 with the Bucks. I think that there's a lot of early shoppers on the Bucks that, that just assume that Tom Brady is going to take the same form as he had two seasons ago. And I know he's probably had more pieces. And, and with Gronk being there, it's an automatic target. Uh, and the Patriots didn't have any of that form last year. But I think 10 is, 10 is asking a lot uh, for a Tampa Bay team that really hasn't shown very much. Yeah, Tampa Bay is a no play for me. I I think Tampa Bay, for all I know, maybe, maybe they've got a good enough roster and they go twelve and four. But it's also possible that Brady isn't that great and they go eight and eight. So uh, Tampa Bay is probably a no play for me, especially in that division. Atlanta, every starter on Atlanta's offense was a first round pick. New Orleans is New Orleans. Uh, Carolina yep. I actually don't think is going to be very good this year. I I think you know Matt Rule will probably get it turned around, but. They've got a number. What's that? Five and a half. I'd probably even go under five and a half on Carolina. I, they're they're yeah. not a very good team. I'm looking at the uh, the other total you'd mentioned, Colby was the uh, was the Saints. Uh, the, the the marquee game of the season or the pre uh, the first week of the season is Drew Brees and Tom Brady at uh, the Superdome to start the season. I probably favor uh, the Saints in that one to start the year. A bunch of people will go Survivor and take the Saints to start the year also because they're at home. Uh, don't let that one burn you, though. Uh, they have, they've done that to me in the past. They go Bucks, Raiders, Packers, and then they get Detroit, and then the Chargers before a bye. There's some pretty winnable games in there. And then they finish at Car- uh, Chiefs, Minnesota, at Carolina. And then throw in Philly in there for good measure. So... I like 11 wins for them. I think everything has to go perfect for the Saints to get 12. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think they're I think they're either a 10 and 6 team or an 11 and 5 team. And when I think it's that close, yep. it's, it's a no play for me. So I'm going no play uh, on the Saints. Uh, any other interesting ones in here you were looking at? I've got Pittsburgh, Philly, and Seattle all at nine and a half. I like the Jets under seven. I know uh, a, a lot of people think that they're on the sort of the come up with Sam Darnold. I, I don't. I'd like to see it to believe it first. I'd probably take the under on the Jets. That I, was one of the ones that 
I think Adam Gase is one of, if not the worst head coach in the NFL. I I think Adam Gase is a miserable NFL head coach. I I mean, do we even know anything about the guy other than he hasn't had any success? I mean, that's uh, we've got a decent enough sample size of Adam Gase to know that pretty much every offensive player has worse numbers and has their career worst years whenever they're on teams coached by Adam Gase. I mean, I sort of said that facetiously. It's like there's nothing that, that, that shows that anything would go right with him as the head coach. I mean, it's sort of like Maryland hiring Mike Loxley uh, to be their head coach. He has a career record of 6-40. and 40. What makes you think that he's going to get it done all of a sudden? He's due. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's due. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, maybe yeah. Adam Gaze is due. The NFL, it doesn't really work that way, though. You don't get uh, – you don't get – catching everybody else in a down year because your conference is bad uh, or there's a bunch of turnover on quarterbacks. It didn't really work that way in the NFL. Yeah, not so much. Broncos, uh, Broncos over seven and a half is sort of uh, – th- that one sort of intrigues me a little bit. And I might be a buyer on the Colts also. I think they're really close. I think nine? the Colts are really close to being good. You think they're 10 and six? I mean, they get I think Jacksonville. Be 10 and six. Yeah, if, I take, if I had to make a play on the Colts, I'd go over yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the Vegas actually thinks that they're a better team than the Texans. Houston's winning total is eight. Indies is nine. Yeah, I do like – I'm not sure about Houston. I'm a big Watson fan. I will take Houston in week one right now if we're looking at week one line. Give me Houston against Kansas City because just like the, the – uh, and I'm going to get a full ten points, maybe more if you bought it now. Um, it's ten right like now. a couple years ago when the Chiefs – went into Foxborough week one of the season and won that game straight up. I like Houston to cover the 10 there. We're going to be talking about the playoffs from last year when uh, Mahomes made that great second-half comeback against the Texans. I I think Houston uh, plays it close, and I might even go a quarter play or a half play on a money line Houston there too. No one will be expecting Houston to win that game. I will lay the 10 with Kansas City. We are absolutely Mm. heads up in that game. I think think Bill O'Brien's a little bit of a train wreck himself. Uh, and I think in yeah. week one, Kansas City will be awake and alert because they know they fell down 24 nothing to Houston. Yep. I will lay yep. the 10 with Kansas City. I think that's a sucker play. I think that's a public play. I think that's a square play. All of that <laughs> being true. Sometimes those work out pretty good. We know that. I think Houston wins the game because of all of those things. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a lot of, uh, lot of big week one lines. You look at Baltimore and Cleveland, that's an eight and a half point line. Ravens and Browns. Yep. Those two teams actually split last year. Uh, Cleveland gave it to yeah, them pretty decent back in September, which is surprising looking back at it. Yeah, that was sort of before Lamar Jackson really got it going and we thought of him as an MVP candidate. Uh, they got hot after that and Cleveland sort of imploded after that. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'd probably lay the. I'd probably take the points in that case too just because it, it seems like too many in week one. I think that uh, probably Baltimore is not going to be that finely tuned machine that we saw them uh, sort of turn away in, uh, what was it, October, November, when they were really scoring a bunch of points on everybody. They they may win the game, but the total is 48. That still seems high. I'd probably go under and take Cleveland in that one. How good of a line is four and a half for New Orleans and Tampa Bay in week one? 31-27, you're covering with Tampa Bay. If it's 35 to 30, you're covering with New Orleans. That's a great line. I'd say just give me the over. and let me. If I have to bet that game, I want to be entertained thoroughly. I want to see lots of points. I want to see Tom Brady throw it to Gronk across the middle for a bunch of big games. 
want to see Drew Brees light it up as well. So I'd be cheering for the over. That's 49 and a half points. But I couldn't give you a winner on that one. I guess I'd, I guess I'd throw the Saints in in a money line parlay. But past that, I don't know about laying that four and a half. That's a no play for me. Yeah, me too. That's kind of in the range where it could really go either way. Uh, that's Andrew Gilman. I'm Colby Powell. This is By the Hook. We're g- glad to be back with you this week. Let's have a little fun, talk about a couple of these fun golf matches that are coming up. Some people around here are interested in Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf coming up this Sunday, playing against Rory and DJ. Ricky and Matt Wolf are plus 160 to win more skins than uh, more money from skins than Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. In skins games, I always play the underdog because, you know, all you have to do is win a hole at the right time. If we're playing a 72 stroke yep. play event, give me Rory and DJ. In a skins game, yep. I'll just take the underdog for the value. Because a tie on hole one means hole two is now worth two. Yes. A tie on hole two means hole three is worth three skins. So you might win hole three lose the next two holes and you're still up one skin on the other two guys. Yeah. Skin skins are weird. Um, I like the underdog and also I like Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. So why not? I, I, I think you've got to ask yourself. I assume, I assume that the, this is a best ball format, right? Uh, yes, this is a best ball format. Right. So for, for those of you, so for, you for, if you're not a golfer, ball. it's they all four play their own ball. Rory and DJ will take the best score between the two of them on each hole, and that will be their number for the skin. Right. And so you have to ask yourself in this game, who's going to have a case of getting, uh, making a bunch of birdies? Who's going to make the most? That's who I, if, if you're trying to guess on that, that's who I would go with uh, as far as trying to handicap the thing. I think Ricky Fowler can get hot, but man, I just see Rory and DJ. Uh, I know there are minus 200 here. I think that's, that's for a reason. Those guys are, are top 10 in the world. Uh, I, I count on those guys to get a case of the bird flu a lot more than Ricky Fowler or Matthew Wolf. Yeah, the combined world rank of Rory and DJ is six. The combined world rank of Ricky and Matt Wolf is 137. Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, you're taking, you're definitely, and you're only getting plus 160 on that, Colby. Why wouldn't it be plus 260? Because it's golf. It's skins. Skins because, are random. Because it's a skins game. If you tie three yes. holes, the next one's worth four. So, yeah, all you have to do, like you said, is win one hole at one time. You could rack up four or five skins and just sort of tread water and get some ties on the other holes. Uh, the skins game format also encourages guys to go for it. So you're going to see DJ bomb it. You're going to see Rory try some trick shots. You're going to see Ricky and Matt Wolf do things in this game, in this format that makes it almost unhandicappable because this is not a Ryder Cup format where they're playing the next day and there's some sort of overall score that they're trying to get to. Low score, if you make an eight on one hole, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You just tee it up on the next one and you go back to zero. So uh, I, I have a hard time handicapping something like that that has no uh, like sort of quantifiable outcome. If, if you're allowing me just to go out there and try trick shots and bomb, I, I, I got to go with uh, Dustin Johnson and Rory on that one. Fair enough. And then the following Sunday at Medalist in Florida. By the way, we get to see two great golf courses we've never seen in back-to-back weeks with Seminole Golf Club mm-hmm. for the uh, the Skins game and then the match, Champions for Charity, the next weekend at the Medalist. Uh, Tiger and Phil are going to play the Tiger Tees. That's actually what they're called. They're called the Tiger Tees. Uh, and then Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will be playing the Member Tees. Which tees would you play? Uh, right, right. 
I would play uh, the member tees, and then I would probably take a little relief and move up to the senior member tees if you'd let me. If, if we would let you. Okay, we would not. So we'd be playing the member tees then. What's the distance from the member tees out there? Uh, the member tees, I actually don't have it in front of me. I saw it the other day. It's probably 6,700-ish. 6,800, something like that. Yeah, 67, 6,800, something like that. And then the tiger right, tees are probably 7,500, 7,600. Yeah, that's what I would guess too. Uh, you know, last week, uh, two weeks ago, whenever it was, Oak Tree had a, a little mini tournament at their place and had a bunch of big names in it, including uh, Matt Wolf, who was supposed to play in it, uh, and, uh, you know, some other guys. Hovland was there as well. A couple of Oak Tree members. Uh, Burr Plank played in it. Some college guys until the NCAA got involved and said, college guys can't play in it. And I'll tell you what, scores were pretty high because when Oak Tree blows 20 to 30 miles an hour and you're playing from 7,600 yards, uh, there's a reason that that course uh, was holding a major. So, uh, yeah, Golf Digest. Golf Digest today came out with their rankings of toughest golf courses in America, and Oak Tree National came in at number eleven. Uh, have you played it? I've not played it. I've caddied out, out there a few times. One of my buddies was an elite junior player, so I've caddied in a few tournaments out there, and it is a monster. I've played it several times, not from the way back. I was able to see the way back tees from where we played, but. I would put it this way, for the average golfer that's a 10 to 12 handicap, playing your own ball there, if you played your own ball there as a 10 to 12 handicap, and you played it from the pro tees, the way back one, you can't break 100. No, 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 no. no. out there can, cannot break 100, especially if there's any wind. Your good shots out there, they're not good enough. It's just too difficult. If you're a 10 or 12 handicap, you're, you're going to – most par fours are three-shotters if you're a 10 or 12 handicap. And that means you better chip the ball damn close or run in some long putts. And you might do that one or two times around. You're not doing that consistently. Now, if you play from the up tees or something like that, sure, all bets are off. And I, I played well out there, and I was able to sort of keep, keep close to my handicap. But anyone playing from the back tees and playing it legit, your ball is down, no gimmies and all of that stuff, good luck breaking 100. And that's sort of what's fun about seeing a, uh, Peyton and Tom Brady play is those guys are certainly uh, skilled athletes and they're good golfers, but watching regular golfers, you and I have played with guys that are better than Peyton Manning and better than Tom Brady. So it'll be fun to see those guys hit crooked shots from time to time. Especially on the back when they're playing modified alternate shots. So they'll both be able to tee off and then it's alternate shot the rest of the way. So if you take Tiger's tee shot and and then Peyton shanks one into the trees, which Peyton's like Mm -hmm. a four or five handicap, he's probably not going to have any shanks, but you know what I mean? They're not hitting pro level shots then Tiger's got to play it from there. So I think that that's fun, the way they're doing it. We've got a whole bunch of fun props here, though. Let's just rifle through these. Minus 600 for yes. Will Tiger Woods wear a red shirt? Wow. That is... Is it on a Sunday? It is on a Sunday. Then, yeah. Go with them. If you want to lay the minus 600, man, that's a big number. And you're going to know if you've won that bet when they get out of the... By the time they're out of the parking lot. That's an early winner right there. This is <laughs> – there are like a Super Bowl-level list of props for this golf tournament. Over yep, or under – over or under on Tiger Club twirls, two and a half. Oh, it's got to be over because he knows it's a made-for-TV event. He's not going to be grinding. This, I mean, he's going to want to win. He's going to be competitive. Obviously, he's on TV. But this is not for the U.S. Open. It ain't a Ryder Cup. It's not Masters. 
He's going to be showing off over the two and a half, and I only have to lay the minus one fifty. Yeah. Uh, will which logo will be on the front of Tom Brady's hat? TB twelve is minus four hundred. Buccaneers is plus two fifty. Yeah, he's not wearing a Buck hat. He's not going to do that. No, he, he's more likely to wear a Nike hat or TaylorMade or whatever clubs he plays more than he is. And frankly, it's better for him to to pimp his own uh, stuff anyway. So yeah, give me TB twelve at minus four hundred. Total curse words said by Tiger and Phil. Over or under five and a half. The under is minus two seventy five. The over five and a half is plus one sixty five. What channel is this on? TNT, TBS, Golf Channel, NBC. Okay, so they're not going to be able. They're going to bleep them out then, huh? I uh, I would assume so. Yeah. Whenever they played their match in Vegas a couple years ago, that I think was on a little bit later in the evening, and uh, we got to hear a little bit more cussing. I don't know if you remember whenever. Tiger and Rory played a head-to-head match in like 2013 over in China. It was like middle of the night over here. You had to watch it on the computer, which I did at like 2 in the morning, and that was uncensored, and Tiger and Rory just dropped F-bombs the whole round. It was phenomenal. I'm going with the under that one because Tiger's going to know people are desperate to watch TV. They're going to be desperate to watch sports. They want some live action. It's on during a normal hour. I think Tiger's on his best behavior. I'll go with the under on that. Will any player say Omaha during the round? No is minus 350. Next. Will any player spike a football? No is minus 700. Yes is plus 400. No one's going to spike a football. No one's saying Omaha. Uh, I don't like those. You're laying too much on those. Those are so random that I would rather bet on Will there need? Will we see a playoff? I sort of like yes on the playoff at plus two fifty because these guys know it's made for TV. Also, you might throw, you might see them throw off a couple holes to get to a playoff. Uh yeah, maybe depending on the broadcast windows. I kind of like who's going to have the longest drive on the first hole, Peyton yeah. or Tom. Ooh, that's a good one, and that's pretty even odds there. Minus one thirty, minus one ten. Peyton Manning, you, you figure his swing is a little longer. I don't know Tom Brady's swing. I'm sort of familiar with Peyton, but his swing is a lot more loopy. Uh, he's tall. You know, what is he, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, something like that? Yeah. You'd think he's more of a Dustin Johnson type that could get the ball out there and give him a slight favor. I'd probably go Peyton Manning, but that seems like a square play. Yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be fun. That is the 24th of May, so that's in two weeks. And then uh, this Sunday is the TaylorMade Driving Relief with Rory, DJ, Ricky, and Matt Wolf. So we've got those, and then we'll have the actual golf season starting up on June 11th, so we'll have some sports. And we still yep. don't have any word on basketball, baseball, uh, nothing official on football, but football looks like it's going to be played, certainly at the NFL level. Don't know about it at the lower levels, but... One way or another, it seems like we're starting to phase back into sports, Andrew. Well, I, I hope so. Um, I think our, I think what I'm leaning towards happening is college football probably happens, but certainly not in September. You might see it in October, and you know, which would be punting, you know, like the non-conference games for teams. If they started it in January or February, I'd be okay with that too. I don't think we're going to see a whole loss of the 2020 season. I think we're going to get it in. It, it may be a wraparound from the new year, but whenever it happens, I think uh, October and November could be all-timers a month. You can, you can get the Masters. You're going to get the NFL at the same time. 
you could get baseball finishing up. Who knows what could happen? So I, I, I do think while we're waiting, it sort of sucks. But when it comes back together, you're not going to have enough screens and you're not going to have enough eyeballs to watch all this stuff. Yep, you nailed it. Great stuff, Andrew. Enjoyed it. We'll uh, do it again soon whenever we have some more sports to talk about. All right, sounds good. Absolutely. This has been another edition of By the Hook. We appreciate everyone joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Colby J. Powell, at Andrew Gilman. Okay, rate and subscribe this podcast wherever you are listening. Until next time, thanks for listening to By the Hook. <laughs>